what would she say, offer as testimony regarding you? I don't know who she is, but uh, you do. You know what testimony she could offer regarding you, that you hurt her, uh, you lied to her, you failed to protect her. What testimony could he offer regarding you? And again, I don't know who he is for you, but you do. You were cruel to him. You disparaged him, betrayed him. You weren't there for him. You know what testimony he could offer regarding you. You're sitting there and you see him. You see her. You look away. You, you hope that they haven't made eye contact. You hope that they haven't noticed you. You're looking for a way out. But the next person you see there in, in the room is someone else you know, you recognize. And you keep looking around and you realize that you, you know everyone in this room, or rather, they know you. This is everyone you've ever sinned against. Your child is there in the room, and you know why. And your mind flashes back to those words you wish you had not said, you knew at the time you should not say, you said anyways. And you flush red with, with shame. There's a grade school classmate there looking at you. This is someone you haven't thought about for years, but as, as you make eye contact, suddenly you're eight years old again. And there you are making fun of her with your friends. She looks right at you. One of those friends is there too. And suddenly looking at him, you're, you're older, you're 16. He's telling you something, a, 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 a secret, a private thing that he needed to share with a friend. And the next day you're spilling the beans, sharing it because you thought it would bring you uh, some status. And he looks at you too. You look away from that old friend and the next person you make eye contact with, you can't, you can't place at first. There's something familiar. They, she clearly recognizes you and it clicks. You remember yelling at this person. Something, some misunderstanding. You're not even sure what it was. There was a coffee order messed up or a purchase rung up incorrectly. You can't even remember what caused the incident, but what do jump into your mind now are the words that you 
spoke standing there in line as they tried to fix their error. Sarcastic, cutting words. Words that made everyone else in line behind you chuckle. Made sure that they understood that you were a smart, funny, important person who didn't deserve to have your time wasted by this small, stupid person in front of you. Words that you forgot 10 minutes later, words that ruined her day. She looks at you now, you realize how small you are. And you keep looking around the room and there are a lot of faces like hers. Familiar faces, but faces that you can't quite place, faces that you, you vaguely recognize, but as you look in their eyes, you realize that they remember you. They recognize you. They know what testimony they could offer concerning you. The, the interaction that you had with those people that, again, 10 minutes later, you had forgotten about it. You were going about your day. Your face stayed burned into their brain. They know you. You start thinking about all the testimony, all the things that these people could, could speak about you, offer regarding you. And you start looking for all the, the justifications of your behavior, your actions, your words that you used at the time. I was lonely. He hurt me first. She messed up the order. This all worked to paper over your conscience in the moment, but now as you rifle through that self-justifying mental Rolodex, it just seems emptier and emptier, hollower and hollower. None of it is real. None of it is true. None of it is honest. The truth that you are being confronted with, the truth that you are forced to admit, the testimony that you have now to offer regarding yourself as you look at everyone in this room is that you are selfish, that you are prideful, that, that you are a hypocrite, a fraud, you are dishonest, disloyal, and as these thoughts threaten to overwhelm you, spin around in your head, suddenly everyone stands and points. But they're not pointing at you. They're not looking at you. There's two men sitting next to you, and you hadn't noticed them until now. Further, there's an older man. And he's looking out at the crowd. It seems like he's, he's ready to hear what these people have to testify regarding you. Right next to you, there's a, there's a younger man. He's looking right at you. Everyone's pointing at him. And so they each begin to speak. Your grade school classmate tells everyone about the mockery, the, the bullying, the teasing, the cruel, unkind, childish words, all the tears that those caused. You hurt me. Your child recounts the argument, the shouting match between the two of you, quotes you word for word. You know every word came out of your mouth. You hurt me. 
that service worker recounts to everyone your pettiness, those cutting words that crushed her, that ruined her day. You hurt me. But not one of them has looked at you. They're all looking at the man who's looking at you. In every one of their stories, he replaces you. They, they tell these stories about what you know that you did, your sins, your wickedness, your evil. He's there in your place, a substitute. And after each story, the older man, looking at each witness, offering their testimony, asks a question. Is this true, my child? The younger man, eyes locked with you, says simply, yes, father. Each story of your pride, your infidelity, your lies, your loveless anger told with you missing and with another there in your place. Is this true, my child? Yes, father. Finally, there are only two witnesses left. She speaks. He speaks. And they tell everyone things that you hoped no one would ever learn. They lay bare the deep wickedness of your heart. They do it all pointing, looking, the man who's looking at you. Is this true, my child? One more time, one final reply. Yes, Father. Now everyone has spoken. The room is silent. And you want to look around. You want to, you want to see what everyone's reaction is to all this, what they're all doing. But that younger man has his eyes still locked on you and you can't look away from him. Suddenly he smiles. He stands up. Still looking at you, he walks out of the room. And everyone else stands up and not looking at you. Eyes locked on him. They go out of the room as well. Faces you vividly remember. Faces you vaguely remember. all following him out of the room. Finally, he leaves and she leaves. They leave the door open behind them. It's just you and the older man left, the one that the younger man had called father. He hasn't looked at you yet, and you, you can't bear to look at him. You, you know what's going to happen to his son. You know that it's what you deserve, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, life for life. All you can expect is that he's going to walk out of the door too, close it behind you, leave you alone. Wouldn't that be enough? Wouldn't that be enough mercy that you've been shown? Could there really be grace upon grace? Then he looks at you.
You look back and you see in his eyes the same love that his son had. He says some more impossible words. It's true, my child. And suddenly he's standing and he's crossing the room. And before you even realize it, you're wrapped up in your father's arms. And you know he's not going to let you go. You know where you came from and you know where you're going. And he takes his hand in your, grabs yours. And once more, you're a child. But where just a moment ago that had been shame, now it's joy, now it's peace. Together you walk out the door. Amen.